Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, January 31st. Live in the present moment. Enjoy it, learn from it. As the years pass, you'll not only develop golden memories, but will find it easier to develop smriti, divine memory, the classic definition of enlightenment. There's a lot of really interesting points there. If you live in the present moment, you'll develop golden memories. So I was trying to think sort of exactly what that means, and I think I'm just going to pull different pieces out of what he's written here, but a lot of times people are not present in their own life. They're just passing time waiting for the next thing to happen and just dismissing whatever's going on in the now as being not that important or... People develop the habit of being absent-minded in their own lives. Sometimes they do it by constantly having the television or the radio on, or the television and the radio on, or just never allowing there to be enough silence that one is simply in one's own consciousness, but always sort of having a distracting energy going out, and then therefore you're not really present for what's going on. I was speaking recently in a different in different series of classes about when I first started doing the work that I've been doing now for many decades, I lived at Ananda Village, and Ananda had a, a small center in Sacramento, in San Francisco, and in Palo Alto. There were three of them. And my job, among the other things I did, was I traveled from Ananda Village, which was four hours from San Francisco, and I would be gone Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night and come back um, on Thursday in order to be at the retreat on the weekend to do programs there. And I would do cla- a class series, like four classes on the chakras or relationships or healing or something. And I would do the first class in Sacramento, then in San Francisco, then Palo Alto, then I'd come back and do class number two. And I speak extemporaneously. I know what my subject is and I have some idea of what I want to get across, but I, I try to speak to whoever the audience is. So it's an intuitive flow. I feel like uh, Divine Mother reads their minds and then she whispers in my ear and then I say it. And the mood of those three cities, the, 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 the essential temperament of the city, the essential temperament of the devotees was very different. So the same subject, exactly the same topic, would come out very different in each of those cities. And Swamiji, when he was building Ananda, he used to teach five nights a week in five different cities, and he would drive all over the Bay Area doing it, doing exactly the same thing, class number one, five times, class number two, five times. And that just crossed my mind. How am I going to remember? How am I going to remember when I go for class number two in Sacramento what I said in class number one because I don't have it written down? And so I asked Swamiji, I said, how, how, what am I going to do? How, how do you remember? And I loved his answer. He just said, just so matter-of-factly, by being perfectly conscious when you're talking. <laughs> and I thought, 
perfectly conscious. I mean, I don't know whether I'm perfectly conscious or not. I try not to be asleep. I try not to pay attention. But can I say I'm perfectly conscious? But it was interesting because when I came back for class number two in Sacramento, before I got into the room, I couldn't remember. But as soon as I was there, I just it all came back to me. And I, I did know. I remembered what I said, and I could progress that class. But that concept, being perfectly conscious when you're talking, is, is really what Swami's talking about here. And he's not just talking about talking. He's just talking about whether or not we're sleeping through our own lives or whether we're actually awake and ready in our own lives. Being with Swami Kriyananda was magnificent training in countless ways, but not the least of which was he was fully awake in his own life. There was just, there was no time when Swamiji wasn't fully conscious. And as a result, you had to be fully conscious also. You couldn't just be half listening. You couldn't be daydreaming. You couldn't do sloppy work around what was going on. I was laughing recently, very early on, like after I'd been there a couple of weeks, Swamiji invited this other woman and I. He just wanted us to be around. He asked if we would be kind enough to come over and do a house cleaning for him. So we were happy. We went over to do it. And uh, just when we were starting to clean the kitchen, I don't know which one of us did it, but one of us broke a bag of lentils. And the bag of lentils just poured out all over the kitchen. And later we laughed about it because we really had to clean that kitchen really conscientiously because those darn lentils had gone everywhere. And we had to find every, every bloody lentil, you know, before we could be sure that the house was cleaned up because we'd made a mess. And then we had to clean it up again. But it was a very interesting exercise for me because would I have been that conscious? Would I have actually looked under the shelf? Would I actually have gone back into that corner? Or would I have just, you know, this is enough? And so the habit in life of just like this is enough, you know, I'm only half listening. I'm only really partly know what you're saying. I'm doing the dishes, but not really. I'm cutting the vegetables, but I'm thinking about something else. Like, where am I? Am I fully conscious in it? So the way Swami puts it is to be in the now, because where our mind often goes, it drifts into the past, it drifts into the future. Watch yourself. Just just pay attention to what your consciousness is doing, and, and the tendency to, to fade into the past and to advance into the future is, is, is the habit of almost everyone's mind. And what does that do for us? That means that we are absent for the life that we're actually living. It's a very interesting way to think of it. We're just absent. And of course, sometimes people literally just blank out. I don't mean they go unconscious, but you know, you're driving and you don't remember that you've been driving. You're doing the dishes. You don't remember that you've been doing the dishes. And it's not like you have a vivid memory of where you were. You were just sort of nowhere. Now, a brilliant person sometimes loses track of the moment because they're writing a book or creating music or working out the nature of the universe or, or solving some other deep interpersonal problem. I'm not talking about transcending the moment into something of greater value. I'm talking about simply not putting out enough energy to actually experience your own life. It's really something serious to think about. So Swami talks about if you get in the habit of living in the now, he's, I love it, you'll develop golden memories because you'll actually be present where you are. You'll, you'll be present when the hummingbird comes to your hummingbird feeder and, and you'll really have an experience of that hummingbird. If you think back on 
moments that are really intensely beautiful for you, it's always because you were really there when it happened. That something happened that was sufficient to draw your attention and you're really there. And they, they don't have to be really big events. They can be very small events. When I was in seclusion working on writing this biography of Swami Kriyananda, Lightbearer, which I published last year, it was a big event to publish that book, and I spent many months in seclusion working on it. And one of the seclusion houses I was in, it was in, would have been the spring or summer, warm weather, and uh, I, I got quite in tune with the landscape around me because I was alone. I wasn't completely isolated, but I was mostly alone. And I got to know the creatures and various other things which are a wonderful part of country living. And there, this mother turkey, there were wild turkeys there. And turkeys are really strange creatures. I know that uh, other turkeys think they're handsome. <laughs> and I've actually seen some really gorgeous pictures of, of tom turkeys with their big displays. And they were actually quite handsome. But as a rule, from my perspective, turkeys are really ugly, which is why you would say to someone, oh, you're such a turkey. <laughs> I know why. <laughs> But this mother turkey had ten little baby turkeys. And all of them were really ugly, just super ugly. <laughs> but of course she loved them. She was taking such good care of them. And, and I just, it, it meant so much to me. I just stood on the porch and I watched that mother turkey love her little babies. And like, it's not like, there was no great significance to it. I can't even really say much except only a mother could love those babies. <laughs> But she did, and it just it made such a deep impression. And I even remember when I was standing there, partly because being in seclusion, I was really slowed down. I was really concentrated. But I was just there with those turkeys for as long as they were around, which was only a matter of minutes. But, you know, the thought crosses my mind, well, I've seen enough of the turkeys. I think I'll go do something else. Why? Let me just be in it. And, and even to just train ourselves... To just be with our breath, be in the place where we are, and, and actually actually do what we're actually doing, rather than remembering what we used to do and imagining what we're going to do in the future. And then Swami says, it will help us awaken smriti and it will help us become enlightened. Because the reason we do not remember our divine origin, the reason that we can't hold on to that divine truth is because we're not present in the present. You know, we're just, again, we're identifying with the past and we're identifying with the future. And the more we sort of hang out, I mean, the, the picture that I, I have is a, a wheel, like a bicycle wheel with lots of spokes. And it's smriti, divine memory, is right in the center. And where we live is on the periphery. And past is behind us and future is in front of us, and we zip back and forth on that edge, and we're just so busy, you know, remembering the past, anticipating the future. We're not in the present, and we certainly are not in the transcendent, because we're utterly occupied with the trivial, just utterly occupied with the trivial. And in order to feel the transcendent, we have to be still. You know, the transcendent exists now, it's not like the transcendent was yesterday or will be. The transcendent is. And if, if we're never in the moment, then we can never transcend the moment because we're always, we're always moving. We're always moving. 
you know, transcendent smriti is to realize the unchanging, silent oneness behind all this variation. And that's, at least in my own mind, what golden memories are. When I was there with those turkeys, I, I, was, I was part of a greater reality, is actually why it was so wonderful. The fact that it was turkeys was just charmingly entertaining to me and, and brought forth all these just wonderful thoughts about Divine Mother's incredible how much fun they must have. And I like, I like to think about, you know, there's, there's, there's devas who are in charge of the turkeys. And I began to wonder, like, what does the turkey fairy look like? Does the turkey fairy look like the turkeys? Or is the turkey fairy, like, charming to my eyes and she just makes the turkeys and she thinks that they're funny looking too? Or does she look like the turkeys? And then that's why she made them and governs them and is in tune with them. But also it was just like this little tiny slice of creation. And when we, when we tune into any part of God's creation, uh, spirit is center everywhere, circumference nowhere. You can enter the infinite through the, the little baby turkeys, but you have to be there before you can do it. Um, this is, um, let's see, where what was the thought in my mind? Uh, no, I'm sorry for just a moment, but it went away. But this is, if we're only thinking about what was before and what was coming after, we don't actually see it. We don't observe sufficiently to be able to, to stand in that reality. Every, every part of creation is equally, is equally divine. Oh, I knew what I was thinking. Being there with those turkeys, I also thought a lot about the Native Americans about the indigenous people on this particular land and how they lived so close to nature and they lived in such a rhythm with the natural world that, that everything in the natural world spoke to them. And I, I envied that, especially during that particular seclusion, because I really wanted to know, I really wanted to know what, what the turkeys were telling me. I wanted to understand their language because they were all talking to each other. And I could hear their, I could hear them, but I couldn't understand them. And I, I wanted to know what they were saying to me. And I could almost tell what they were saying to me. And I think some of it did come through, but part of what they were telling me was smriti. You are a part of all that is. You are a divine being. You know, we are divine beings. Look at us here. Mommy and her ten little babies. Where did we come from? Where are we going? Who would have made us? And some of that was there just when I was just keeping them company. And that's what Swami talks about, smriti. It's another word for enlightenment. There was no intellectual content between myself and the turkeys, but there was a tremendous amount of enlightenment coming through. I was, I was feeling and knowing something I didn't know before. And if I hadn't reduced my life down to the present moment, you see... Dealing with wild animals often does that for us because it's, going, it's a fleeting moment and we know it is. And it's a fleeting moment that's out of our control. So you don't want to squander it. It's not like, oh, I can always go back and click my computer and find it again. It's like it's right there in front of me and for reasons that I have no control over, soon it will disappear. So if I ever want to experience it, I have to experience it now. But the truth is, every moment of our life is just like that. It's only right now. 
And if we don't choose to experience it, it will never return and it will be lost forever. And we will have no golden memories and we will have no smriti. So Swamiji says, live in the present moment. Enjoy it. Learn from it. As the years pass, you'll not only develop golden memories, but will find it easier to develop smriti, divine memory, the classic definition of enlightenment. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.